Hello, my friends. Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West Salt Lake City, joined by the chairman. How you doing, Brett? Oh, Brian, you know what? That's an interesting question right now. Are you living the dream? I was, you know, yeah. Well, let's talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> let's talk about that because we, in fact, the last few podcasts we've talked about, are we in a recession or aren't we? Are we or aren't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about being in a bear market. We've talked about the psychology of losing money versus making money. And we've talked about a whole lot of stuff there. Uh, today, we're going to take a history lesson. And we're going to look at three periods in time that, that are very similar to what we're dealing with now. Although there's no perfect scenario, right? 1974, 1975... 1980 and 90 and 91. And what those periods have in common with today is that there was high inflation. They were periods of rising interest rates. In fact, the Fed just yesterday raised the Fed funds another 75 basis points. And of course, we're they're bear markets. Mm-hmm. And and each one of those also going back to a podcast are we in recession or not? They were recessions. <laughs> just saying. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. All right. So right now, as it stands, just a quick market update. S&P down 22, almost 23% on the year. NASDAQ down 31%. And so that gives you some context as to where we are right now in this bear market. All right, let's, let's go back in time now, Brian, and let's look at when this has happened before and, and hopefully what past history can teach us about what to do now okay okay 1974 that was before i was born by the way not that that matters not me <laughs> i was 10 years old but in 1974 the 10 year treasury went up 6.76 percent to 8.3 so it went up a little bit okay inflation in december of 1974 peaked out at 12.34%, which is insane. We're at 8.6% now, and in 74, it hit 12.34%. My recollection of 1974, I remember going to California and uh, standing or sitting in our car in a gas line waiting to fill up our gas tank. There was lines of people trying, people to, fill trying to fill up their, yeah. their gas tanks. Yeah crazy period and and a bear market was happening in a recession which is similar to now but here's the interesting thing that i noticed of 1974 and people at home just take note of this because this this is what i wanted to to hit on today in december of 74 that's when there was inflation hit its peak at 12.34 the market bottom occurred that same time so peak inflation in 74, market bottom. As soon as inflation started to fall, the market started to rally and a new bull market began. Okay, that's 1974. 1980, which was a quick recession, not, not, a, not a horrible one, but the 10-year went from 105 to 13, just a little over 13%. So a 3% rise in the 10-year. Okay, inflation peaked... And this is crazy. In 1980, I was born. Mm-hmm. I remember as a toddler. No, I'm kidding. 
um, peaked out at 14.76%. That's your inflation. In April of 1980, guess when the market bottomed? Soon. Right about that. April yeah. of 1980. Same exact time you saw peak inflation, you saw a market bottom, and then a new bull market occurred. So very similar in that way. Okay, so it's two times where you see peak inflation in a, in a market bottom. Is that coincidence? I don't know. Let's look at 2000, or not 2000. Let's look at October of 1990. Okay. Uh, 10-year went from 8.4 to 9, so not a huge bump in the 10-year, but still a lot higher rates than they are now. This is 1990. 1990. So 1990, I was just brand new in this business. Yep. And uh, – it's hard to hard to believe that we had interest rates that high back then. It's it's nine uh, percent. We st- and and you know what the, the period, you know that early nineties it barely budged at all. That ten year it floated, you know um, eight and a half to nine to seven, but in that range, seven seven percent was the lowest, you know from ninety to ninety two. I remember selling government or. Tax-free bonds at 7%. Seven. That's That would be a good deal. 7% yield. We would actually tax-free. like oh, yeah. bonds in that scenario. Right. Okay? But not to get off track, October Sorry. of 1990, inflation peaked at 6.29%. Okay? Guess when the market bottomed? About that same time. October of 1990. And so you have three instances where there's rising rates, there's high inflation, and... Whenever we saw that peak inflation, uh, you, we saw the market bottom. The market is crazy at pricing in what's happening in the future. The market's always looking forward. It's pretty good at that. Yep. It's, it's, uh, the market is always looking out six months, a year, year and a half into the future. And I think that's why... That's why you see a, a top of inflation and a, and a bottom of the market. Mm-hmm. So what's the, the good news about that? Well, the good news is we kind of are we, we got to keep our eye on inflation, right? Because assuming that the, the future is similar to the past, we could see inflation peak and a market bottom. That's the good news. The question is, have we, yeah, have we seen peak, peak inflation? That's the question. It's, and it's debated right with, now. With gas continuing to go higher, which is a huge part of that inflation number, uh, I don't think it has. I think we'll see inflation tick a little bit higher, which is bad news on two fronts, mm-hmm. right? And I, I could be dead wrong. I, I've been wrong before plenty of times. But that would mean that we have more downside to go. Right. I saw an interview. This is probably a few, it's probably uh, about a month ago from, uh, you know, a bond expert uh, guy. You know, he's he's pretty pretty famous in financial circles. And he, he believes that uh, we're near peak inflation. You know, this was a month ago. I heard him actually yesterday in an interview. Um, but that doesn't mean that inflation is just going to, turn around and start coming coming down quickly. He doesn't believe that, but he thinks that we've kind of we're kind of hitting that that crest and that uh, inflation will start to slowly come back down, but you know, that's nobody yep. knows. Yeah, nobody knows. In those times where inflation peaked, 
you know, 74, it kind of collapsed. Well, in 80, it did too. Uh, October 90 just kind of went sideways for a little bit, came down a little slowly. But the markets rallied hard all three times. Yeah. So what are we doing about it? If that's what we think is going to happen, what are we doing about it, right? We're sticking to our process, buying great companies at good prices, and I'm selling a whole crap load of options right now, mm-hmm. right, to to make short-term income on the volatility that we're experiencing. So that's what we're doing about it, okay? But let's continue to look at history to figure out if we should just sell outright if we think the market's going lower. I mean, I don't know, but should we sell outright? Here's what history says, okay? This is the history of bear markets and bull markets since 1942, the average bear market period lasted 11.3 months. Hey, how many months are we into this? It's about six. Six? Five or six? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go seven. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we're going, seven months in. Going once? Going once, going twice. <laughs> Just because I feel like in December, you know, I'm factoring in the month of December. Okay. And so I'm adding a month into into last year. Okay. Is that okay? I'll give you that. All right. Okay. So we're seven months in. The average loss, meaning drawdown of the S&P 500, was 32%. Okay. We're down, 20, what did I say? 20, 20, almost 23% now. Yeah. So what does that tell you? I mean, should if, his, if, these, if these averages, which averages are always off. Averages are never average. Perfect. <laughs> well, yeah. We always talk about averages, but in any one year, the average, you know, that year is never average. It's so, you know, it's always above or minus, and then, you know, down the middle is where you get the average. And uh, so it, it could be higher, lower than that number. Maybe maybe we're bottoming now at 20%. You know, maybe it's a little bit more than yeah. – but maybe it, maybe it's close to that average, that 30% down. But if that's, if that's the average, then we're almost there. Yeah, we're three, if we hit that average. We're two-thirds there, 60, yeah. 60 70%. So what there. would your advice to people be if if they're, should I go into cash or should I stay invested? Based on all these numbers, if we don't believe inflation's peaked and we think the market might come down a little bit more, what so, would you say? Well, so that's, it's a good question, and I and we get that. I think we, we kind of get that. Most of our clients – um, no, you know, they, they know how we invest. And, and, uh, so I don't actually get that question a lot, but I think some people think about it Yeah, and I think about it all the time. Say, you know, here we are, if, if we think the market's going to go down another 10%, um, which I have no idea. Well, no, that's the record, but that's why, yeah. that's why we don't, <laughs> that's why we don't, because we don't know whether the market will go yeah. down another 10%. I mean, it's possible, but. Here's the flip side of that. I believe that a high probability three years, five years from now, the market will be higher. So, yes, we might have – are you willing to accept some more short-term pain with the possibility or the high probability that three and five years from now your accounts will be, you know, significantly higher than what they are today? Okay. So, that's to me, that's how I frame it. Yep. You know, I'm looking out 
I, I think it's it's hard to know what's going to happen. In fact, it's impossible to know what's going to happen in the short term. What's going to happen tomorrow? In fact, I went to bed last night not knowing what the market's going to do today. I suspected it would be down just because it was up yesterday. It just seems like that's the pattern right now. And every time we have an up oh, day, we, we have a down. Yeah, yeah, we have a down day. And every time we have a down day, actually, we've had more <laughs> down days. But every occasionally we'll have an update. You know, that's the, that's where we are right now is in a bear market. Uh, I had a client the other day uh, send me that uh, sent me a text, and he said, uh, he said. You know, with with the current environment, or you know, what's our? We have a new strategy, and I says, well, what? You know, to myself, I said, well, our strategy is to buy great businesses and make money over the long term. You know, that are we changing that strategy? No, no, we're no. not. We own great businesses that can survive during the difficult economic times. And and Warren Buffett is probably the best at this strategy ever. I, I, we think he's the best investor we've ever seen in. Ever. Well, I think I think it's – I mean, it, it could be debatable, but for, there's no question he's one of the greatest investors of uh, our time. And I have a great quote. During the financial crisis, uh, Buffett wrote an article in the New York – he wrote an op-ed article in the New York Times called Buy American IM. And, uh, I mean, it, and this is in October of 2008. This was – Right in the middle of everything, the world was falling apart. Market was down fifty percent, and and he was buying, and he basically said that, you know, our our economy's in a mess, the market's down, but I'm buying. Let me read this. Let me just read this paragraph, and he he talked about why am I buying uh, stocks today, and he said a simple rule dictates my buying: be fearful when others are greedy, and greedy when others are fearful. And most certainly, fear is now widespread, gripping even the seasoned investors. Hold, hold on real quick. That's exactly where we are right now. Exactly. Tons of fear. Not, I mean, not just because of the market, but across a lot more than just the market. So what else does he say? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think you're right. Everybody is fearful. Even the most seasoned investors are there's a lot of uncertainty yep and right now yep to be sure investors are right to be weary of the high highly leveraged entities or businesses in weak competitive positions whoa hey that's exactly what happened this time too all of last year we're doing these podcasts about companies that their valuations just don't make sense and there's gonna bitcoin and SPACs and that's all leveraged up the wazoo. So if very you, similar, if you owned those businesses that were highly leveraged or weak competitive positions, you're down 80 percent. You're you're down big time, and you should be fearful. He says, but fears regarding the long term prosperity of the nation's many sound companies make no sense. These businesses will indeed suffer earnings hiccups as they always have, but most major companies will be setting new profit records 5, 10, and 20 years from now. So I went through the financial crisis. I know what that was like. I know what it was like to manage other people's money during that time. That has, that experience, and also the dot-com, and, you know, I've been doing this for 30-some years. That's why we own businesses with 
comp- long-term competitive advantages. We talk about owning businesses with a wide moat or a competitive advantage. That's why that's why we have the the process, the philosophy that we do, um, so that we can we can go through these periods of time and look forward five and 10, 15, 20 years from now and have high confidence that our business will be, will be making record profits and with those record profits, record valuations. Yep. And so here's where the good news comes in because I haven't been really sharing good news so far, <laughs> right? No, here's the good news as it relates to what you just read. After a bear market occurs, a new bull market starts. And the average bull market since 1942 lasts 4.4 years with an average return of 155%. That's what he's talking about right there. That's how you compound your money. You can't time the market perfectly. We're almost through the bear market. I don't know how long it's going to last, but if we're down 22% and the average is 30%, we're almost there. So patience. You own great businesses and look forward to the new bull market that's right around the corner. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can't keep the economic engine of America down for very long. I mean, during the financial crisis, our economy suffered. We had a weak banking system. Um, we went into we went into that financial crisis actually in, in not very good shape, and we survived it. And with a weak banking system, we survived it. And today, to kind of paint a positive light to our current situation, we have a really strong banking system. We have strong corporations. We have strong consumers. We have low unemployment. We have a lot of good things, a lot better than when we went into the financial crisis. Now, what we're dealing with today is something different, and that's inflation. So can I read go this for, other yeah, Buffett? Go, go ahead. Okay. Um, oh, this one, this one, right here. Inflation. This is what he said about inflation. And he marks some periods of time and talks about World War II. And, but he said, again, in the 1980s, okay, and I'm just going to insert in the 2020s, the time to buy stocks was when inflation raged and the economy was in the tank. Inflation is raging right now. Yeah. Warren Buffett saying that's the time to buy stocks. Everybody's fearful. So now's not the time to sell. Now's the time to actually put more money to work if you got it. Yeah. That's what he's saying here. Well, and if you look at what he's been doing, what Buffett's been doing, so he's at the end of 2021, uh, Berkshire had 100 and I think it was right around $150 billion in cash. They have less than $100 billion now. He's invested over $50 billion in Berkshire Hathaway. He's bought back Berkshire Hathaway stock at prices much higher than today. So, at the, And he's always said, I will never buy Berkshire stock unless I think it's selling below fair value, below intrinsic value. So he believes the company at higher prices than today was selling below fair value. He's been putting money into... Another insurance company has been putting money into Chevron and money into um, Occidental. Occidental. Yeah. So he's putting money to work. And I suspect when thir- – we talked about this a minute ago. When 13Fs come out, when we find out what other money managers – where they're putting their money, I suspect Buffett been, has been buying more and more this, this last quarter. So, you know, he is doing what he said he would do 
during the financial crisis. He's putting money to work. I think that's the right thing to do. We there's probably more pain ahead of us in the next, you know, who knows how long. But I hope not. But, but maybe. But there probably is. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm kind of ex- just expecting it will. And if it if things if we have st- we start peaking out inflation and the market starts stabilizing, that's what we're looking at, right? That's what we're looking that's at. That's what history tells us. Yeah, watching the, and I watched the ten-year Treasury. You know, I watched that because that's a good indication of where inflation's going, where th- where the financial markets thinks inflation's going. So, so here's an exercise that I would love to give everybody at home: uh, an assignment. Okay, take your birth year uh, and look at the price of the S and P five hundred. And then I want you to write down all the crazy things that have happened since your birth year, right? 1977 for me. How much has gone wrong since 1977? I mean, a lot. Some would say my birth. (laughs) It's maybe some clients right now. 77 was a Um, terrible year. Yeah, brutal. Brutal year. (laughs) If you would have taken... $10,000 $10,000 and invested it in 1977. Do you know how much you'd have now? A lot. $364,000. Yeah. It's a long game. It's not a six-month, eight-month, 11-month game. It's a 5, 10, 15, 20-year game. I, I think that's, as I was walking into the office today, I, I thinking about what we're going to talk about today, that's exactly what I was thinking. It, yeah. It's... It's kind of to have success investing, you have to have a, a certain mindset about what investing is. And, uh, and, and what you just said was exactly how you have to think. It's the long game. It's three years, five years, ten years further down the road. It's not three months, three days, six months. It's the long game. And uh, I just read Benjamin Franklin's book. It's on my on my desk. Yeah, great book. You told me, hey, that's a great book. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, what's his book about money? Yeah, the way to wealth. I think. Yeah, or, yeah. And uh, he talks about poor Richard, and you know, mm-hmm. Franklin was a brilliant, wise guy. You know, brilliant, very smart man. And uh, anyway, just just be wise about your money. That's what's that's what his book talks about. Is just be be wise and uh, think. When it comes to investing, you need to think long-term, not three months, not six months, but three years, five years, ten years. Yep, and and do as we've talked about oftentimes on this podcast. When it comes to money, do the opposite of what you're feeling. Yeah. Right? It's natural to feel, when you, especially when we talk about, hey, the market could go down another 10%. could go down another, you know, maybe another 20 I don't know. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it could so you'd think, well, if you think that could happen, why wouldn't you sell? Because <laughs> it can turn on a dime. Right. Yeah, you just can't predict it. I hope that helps everybody at home uh, to understand what's happened in, in history uh, in, in rising rate, high inflationary periods, often marked by, most times marked by recession, uh, and then what has happened afterwards. And a great bull market's on the other side of this. We just got to get through it. And so. then the other, the only thing I would add, Brett, is anytime you get nervous about your portfolio or investments, look at the companies you own and ask yourself, 
is this company going to be here three, five, ten years from now? Is it going to be more valuable three or five and ten years from now? And I think almost, I'd say 100% of the companies we own, I think you'll say that. Yep. I, I say that. That's another good exercise to go through. The, the market, If Absolutely. the market were to shut down, this is how I think about it. If the market were to shut down for the next ten years, and I knew that at the end of today, is there any stocks in my portfolio that I would not want to own for the next ten years? And the answer to that for me is no. I would be comfortable owning these businesses for the next ten years, and I couldn't sell a single one of them. I would be comfortable. Yep, with that. I'd be comfortable holding the stocks. I'd be screwed with options because they'd all expire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Glad that's not going to happen. All right, my friends, stay the course. Any questions, let us know. Thanks. This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique, and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at or by calling 888-591-0334.